Welcome to PlayStation Daily. I'm John Blanco. It's the last episode of 2023. Can you believe it? Got a Friday chill happening. Ah, the big news this week, and there's a lot of stuff in my sheet today. But as we wrap up 2023, say goodbye, give out a few more awards. I think the big news this week was the uh, the hack of Insomniac. Um, obviously, you know, some hackers, some kids, some children, some very dumb people trying to hold a company hostage and just really disgustingly sharing personal information of employees. Um, pretty gross. I'm not really going to talk about it, but the only thing I will say is don't believe everything you read. I mean, one of the easiest tricks in the books is to hack some information and then just go in, change a few things, and set the world ablaze, right? If I if I hack a, a politician's computer and I go in and just put in one fake email or change or add one little sentence in, um, guess what the lead story is going to be? Because everything else seems so believable that you couldn't amass this sort of fake thing. Uh, very easy to take the most sensitive or newsworthy elements of a company and just sort of embellish. So don't go crazy over it. I hear about people with plans into the 2030s. Companies have plans that go way out all the time. It's just a momentary thing. As the world goes, as, you know, as we saw with um, with uh, Naughty Dog, uh, their idea of having a, a Last of Us, you know, live service, things change quickly. So just wait and see. Um, don't 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 give these hacks the light of day. Don't give them a moment of your time. It just encourages people to do it more. And frankly, it's just gross. It really is just gross what they did. Anywho, I want to talk about something that I talked about a week or two ago when the Game Awards happened. And I want to not offer a correction, but a change of thinking. I, I had at some point mentioned there was some criticism that the Game Awards had been cutting uh, acceptance speeches short. And I, I, I sort of said I didn't feel like they were cutting them short. But at the same time, also, I'm also not there for the awards. I'm there for the announcements. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. First of all, I feel like I was partially wrong on uh, on on acceptance speeches being cut short. They weren't necessarily being cut short by music or whatever. But uh, the people who were accepting the awards were getting a message on a big screen that said, you know, please cut things short. And it was coming pretty quickly into the speech. So um, in that regard, um, I, I stand corrected that even though they weren't, you know, shoved off. I mean, I was watching the Baldur's Gate 3 uh, acceptance speech at the end, and I didn't feel like they were just cut short, but they probably were hurried. And I've also come around on the fact that I do think that there should be enough time allocated for these awards. And the reason why I'm thinking that is Jeff Keighley is not, he does not represent the industry in any way, the way the Grammys are, the way the Oscars are. He doesn't represent the industry. This is an entertainment show purely. He's got a lot of connections. He's worked with a lot of companies. He's talked to a lot of people. So he's kind of, 
somewhat uniquely qualified to bring people together in a way that, you know, I couldn't, right? I couldn't start my own game award show, the PlayStation Daily Award Show, right? Like, I couldn't do that. You need to have those connections so that people will play with you. But he doesn't represent the industry in any way. God forbid the guy ever has something in his past that comes up, right? It would be a terrible thing. So I think if you're going to call it the Game Awards and you're going to try to bring people into the show by calling them the Game Awards, even though what you're going to be doing is selling announcements, selling advertising, you do owe it to do a decent job with the Game Awards. So you do owe it to give the people the time. There were so many people in the audience. There was people from Sega, from Nintendo, Insomniac, everywhere. All the big studios that were nominated. And you had them come there. And in many cases, you gave the award out without even presenting it on a stage. Or you you gave out the award and people were being told to wrap things up fairly quickly after like 20 seconds. So I think if you're going to try to sell your event and get people to watch it as game awards... You do owe it to give out some game awards and let people celebrate themselves. Now, do do I feel like maybe he shouldn't be representing the game awards? No, I do not think Jeff Keighley should be doing a game award show. He doesn't represent the industry in any way. Maybe one day if the industry becomes fully unionized, I would like to see the union handle this sort of thing. But he shouldn't be doing that. What he should do is a winter game fest. Call it that. Sell your advertising and call it that. Because honestly, if you were putting on a Winter Game Fest, I'm probably watching anyway. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? I'm, I Like I said, I what I said before was true. I am here for the announcements. That's the main reason I am here. So if you just call it the Winter Game Fest, I'm going to be there anyway. So don't sell it as the Game Awards. Yeah. So I did want to mention that. Uh, game Catalog games for December are out. They came out on the 19th this week. Um, so those are, you know, GTA V, Moonscars, Grime, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, the games that we talked about earlier this week. Uh, no, not, it was, that was last week, actually. Wow, this was a very fast week. <laughs> um, there's also year-end holiday sale going on. I think the best discount that I've seen is Mortal Kombat 1. 40% off of its $70 price tag. So it's going for $41.99 and... There's a PlayStation Stars uh, campaign uh, where if you buy Mortal Kombat 1 or there's some other games you can buy too, not just that one, you can get 250 points, which, I mean, really, that's like a dollar, I think, in PlayStation currency. But hey, you get another dollar. Uh, you get some gold coins that you can play with and maybe use it to redeem a game or redeem some something. Uh, MLB The Show, which is a game I keep thinking about getting... Uh, is 60% off. It's $19.99. I'm sure MLB The Show 24 is gearing up to come out in a few months. And then God of War Ragnarok is 43% off. Another tempting one. Uh, $39.89 right now. I'm probably not going to buy any of them, but I did grab Mortal Kombat 1 on game trial. Um, you get a two-hour game trial if you have PS Plus Premium. So I was watching Cedric play that today while I was working. And I was mildly entertained by it. I think by watching him play, I sort of lost the urge to actually play it, if that makes sense. But uh, I, I was just watching the opening cutscenes, and it's such a serious cutscene, and then it kind of turns into some silliness. And I, I still love the fact that you kind of fight with two people. I think it's uh, pretty cool. But um, yeah, I was enjoying watching that. So that's that's a cool little um, that's a cool little demo. 
All right. So we just finished up my top eight PlayStation games of the year yesterday. And now I want to do a little bit of a different list. This is going to be the top eight games on the PlayStation that came out prior to 2023. So none of these games came out this year. They're all games that are on PlayStation. They're all games that I haven't played before. These are not like I played this game. You know, I play. I, I didn't play. Uh, I'm not going to count The Witcher because I've played The Witcher before and I played it this year as well. And I loved it. And it's certainly a top eight game that I played this year, but I've already played that game before. So these are all top eight games, not from 2023. Uh, my number eight game is Erica. This was a PS Plus game, still is. It is a full motion video live action game. And uh, for the most part, it's all live acted. And then they just kind of overlay some graphical elements and CGI and whatever. And they give you choices. And you're learning the story about a character named Erica. And I won't get into any of it. Honestly, I've forgotten probably more than I remembered. But it's a very interesting game that really demands replays because you can find out more and more information based on your choices. So a game that I love in the past, Psychic Detective, it reminds me of that. Keep playing, keep making different decisions and find out more about what's going on. I didn't finish the game feeling like I knew more about what was going on, um, but this is number eight on my list. There weren't a ton of games that I played on PlayStation that weren't from 2023, um, so it ended up over here. Uh, number seven is Shadow of the Colossus. This is the remake that I played. And yeah, I think my overall opinion of the game kind of went down a little bit. Maybe it's just aged. Maybe the remake messed up a couple things. I don't know. There's still tons of fun to be had. And it's it's a it's a glorious concept where you just have to fight these. Uh, what is it? Uh, I, I thought the number was 12, but I think it's like actually 16 Colossi. Uh, there's no other enemies in the game. I didn't quite enjoy it as much as I did the first time, but maybe it's because I played it before. I don't know, or the remake was a little weird. Um, but I did enjoy it, and um, it hits at number seven on my list. One step above that at number six is Kina, Bridge of Spirits. This is a game I don't know if I ever was fully interested in playing until it was on PS Plus, and I just had the opportunity, and I decided, let me play it. And for the most part, it's what I expected. It's a, it's a very pretty game that doesn't feel like it's doing anything much better than any other adventure game. It's you collect these little guys. It's not super interesting. Uh, the world sometimes doesn't feel as interactive as it should. I feel like there's a lot of invisible walls. Uh, but, you know, I still enjoyed kind of adventuring around and fighting bosses and doing all the standard things. Um, not going to set the world on fire or anything like that. Um, but yeah, but um, still a good game. I had to go into easy mode right at the end. It got too hard for me. But uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits. Number five is Batman Arkham Asylum. This is the old first game of that trilogy, although there's really four games in that, right? Um, and this was the first one. I bought the whole trilogy for $6 and I talked about it a lot, but I enjoyed it. It did feel old, but I did enjoy it. Uh, it makes me really interested to see what Arkham city is all about because you know, games a little bit more modern and a little more open world asylum was mostly like, go here, go here, go here, go here, go here. Um, there was fun to be had for sure, but, um, you know, uh, 
not my favorite game. I think I would have loved it a lot more 12 years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to keep seeing the rest of that trilogy. I, I probably won't start it until 2024, but um, so far, $6? That was worth it. And I, ha I only played the one game. So, perfect. Number four, a little bit lower on my list than I expected, Ghost of Tsushima. And it's this is a list that you can break into because the top four games are fantastic and the bottom four are okay, you know, good, eh, all right, you know, they're, they're on the list. But there's a big gap between Ghost of Tsushima and Arkham Asylum, I can tell you. Ghost of Tsushima was astounding. One of the more beautiful games I ever seen. I love the gameplay, the sword play. I like the way the upgrade system worked. There's really nothing to complain about in this game whatsoever. Um, had a really good time, 100%ed it. Uh, some of the storylines did last uh, quite a while. It was like part 10 of 10, you know? But um, no, I did enjoy it a lot. Uh, my only regret really is that I didn't play the DLC when I finished the game, and now I feel like I just can't go back to it anymore. So I think I'm done with it and you know, not having not played the DLC. So, um, but absolutely fantastic game. If this is a game you haven't played and you have PS Plus Extra, absolutely download this game and play it. You will love it. You walk into a bathtub, you know, butt naked. Like, what more could you want? Number three, eking that out, is Until Dawn. This uh, this game came out of nowhere for me uh, from the makers of the Quarry, and I've begun to have I've begun to have a love affair with Supermassive Games over the last couple couple even a year and a half or so. I've really started to enjoy them lately. And Until Dawn was a game I hadn't played, but I'd heard people talk about a lot, and it was on PS Plus Extra, and I gave it a shot. And man, I just fell in love with this game. I love my narratives. This game had lots of great choices. Um, all the characters can like die or survive. And it had some twist that, oh, my head was spinning. Um, so good. I really want to play it again. I haven't had a chance to, but I really do want to play it again. A whole bunch of fun. I really love this game. Number two on my list is Final Fantasy VII Remake. I was really excited to play this game on PS Plus Extra this year. And, you know, if I had to buy Final Fantasy VII, I might not have. But there's something nice about that sort of net below you. In case you don't like a game, you don't feel like you wasted your money, right? And I love Final Fantasy VII Remake. Polished to the core. The cutscenes, there's something about Cloud and his giant sword and the reflections and everything, which just feels different than other games that I've played. It was just special and um, so many great story sequences. And I followed the story of this one so much better than the original Final Fantasy VII, which I hadn't played until like four or five years ago. Um, and it's one of those games that I love so much. And really, all I want to do is I want to play it again. So before I play Rebirth, I'm going to I'm going to replay this one. Uh, fantastic game. Um, I know why it got all the accolades. And it was one of those games that had a ton of hype. You know, there was like an E3 years and years ago that sort of hinted at it. And then we, I mean, I remember people saying, where is the remake? Where is the remake? Where's the remake? And then they finally got it. And boy, did it live up to the hype. It was astounding. Um, still haven't played the DLC. I didn't 100% it, but I did do a ton of the side quests. So that's not really my worry. But I would like to play through it again at some point and do the DLC. Fantastic game. And so we get here to my number one game on PlayStation that did not come out in 2023. 
hands down has to be Monster Hunter World. Uh, cheated a little bit because I played about 10 hours of it last year, but I, I, I wasn't having fun with it. I put it down. I didn't think I'd like it. And then when I played through it this year, I played through the entire campaign and uh, recently started the DLC. Uh, well, more like the expansion pack, uh, Iceborne. And I'm liking Iceborne. Just starting it, but I'm really enjoying Iceborne. Uh, what more can you say? I mean, this is kind of my favorite Monster Hunter console game. It, there are definitely some things that aren't as good in this game as in Rise. But there are things in this game that I like better than Rise. Namely, um, one of the things I like the least about Rise is you have to kind of ride around and pick up these birds to power up your health and all that stuff. And I began to only like to do the arena levels because I just didn't like having to ride around a level to pick up these birds. In World, it's all about footprints that track the, the monster. But the more you play, the more you realize it's not so much about finding footprints and then finding the monster. The monsters are in the same place all the time anyway. You can really just go and hunt them down when you know where they are. But the footprints give you not only research points, which you can use as a currency, but you eventually just max it out in your monster book. And so I quite enjoy, you know, when I see footprints, I, I go look at them and I get the points that I can use those to buy things. And then I've, I've actually taken to when, a, um, when I beat a monster or trap a monster, instead of going back to headquarters, I actually hang around. And I just run around, pick up plants, pick up bones, look at footprints. I do that for like five minutes before I go back. And I've just really enjoyed that. So easily um, my favorite non-2023 game this year and a game I will be playing most likely all the way through 2024 as we head towards Wilds. All right, that was fun. Uh, let me recap it again. Number eight was Erica. Number seven, Shadow of the Colossus remake. Number six, Kena Bridge of Spirits. Number five, Arkham Asylum. Number four, Ghost of Tsushima. Number three, Until Dawn. Number two, Final Fantasy VII remake. And number one, Monster Hunter World. I've got a few other fun categories. Um, no rhyme or reason here. I just started thinking up of some, some weird categories and I'll probably do the same thing next year. And I, I kind of ended up with a list. <laughs> They're not really ordered. Um, but the categories are, first category, biggest surprise hit of the year. And I went with Monster Hunter World on this. I tried Monster Hunter World last year. I paid 20 whole dollars on it. And I played it for only 10 hours. And I stopped. And I felt like I wasted my money. Uh, but then this year I played it again and I just took a different approach to it than I did before. And I did not expect that by the end of 2023, I would not feel the guilt of my $20 that I spent. And this is a game that will stick with me for a long, long time. And it's surreal that I'm actually playing Iceborne because I never thought, no matter how much I love the game, I was going to play the expansion. I just thought it would take too much time. But here we are. Uh, my PS Plus recommendation of the year. And this category to me is sort of like, not like the obvious stuff. Yeah, the Spider-Mans are on there and Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, we know that. But what is the game on there that people haven't noticed? And, you know, what is my recommendation? And you know, I'll tell you one thing. My recommendation is always play the Life is Strange games, right? Whenever you're not sure what to do, play Life is Strange. And all of them are on PS Plus right now, which is fantastic. I wish more people would play Life is Strange 2. 
I wish everyone would play Life is Strange True Colors. It's just amazing. But my recommendation of the year is Until Dawn. Obviously, it was one of the best games I played this year. I think it's a game a lot of people haven't played and maybe don't play narratives, but it is a load of fun and it's a scary game and you're going to love all the characters. Give it a shot. It is so much fun. Um, I'll be playing it again sometime in the next several months. Uh, that's my recommendation of the year. It's an easy game to skip, but don't. Next category is Quickest Nope on PS Plus. This is a game that I downloaded. Um, I didn't have cloud access at the time. A game that I downloaded that I played for the shortest amount of time before I said, no, not for me. And that goes to Contra Rogue Corps. Uh, looking at the graphic, I love Contra as a kid. Who didn't like the NES Contras and the Super Nintendo Contras and the one on Genesis? Fantastic. Looking at the graphics of this one, I was like, oh, it's got that newer graphical style that looks a bit rushed and dark and whatever. I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I, I, I did it for a picks and skips. This was the one that I most immediately was like, this is not my jam. And I still can't believe they took an easy run and gun game where you just, you know, you don't even have to teach you how to play Contra. You just figure it out. There's a couple buttons that do something. That's it. This game couldn't even like give you little tutorials as you moved around. You ever play those games like Cuphead where the first level, you know, you come up to like you see it a lot. You come up to some pillars and there's a little sign that says A to jump and you press A and that's how you get over the pillars and they don't have to stop you or interrupt you in any way. Contra Rogue had to stop you with dialogue boxes how to explain the game. I'm shooting a gun and running around. You can't put that on the screen while I play. It was like they never did a tutorial before, but it was the quickest nope. Um, absolutely Contra Roadcore. Best PS Plus monthly announcement. So these are the monthly games. We had about 36 of them this year. 12 times 3. I can math. And I got to say that the best monthly announcement of the year was the one we just got. GTA 5. And not everyone's going to agree with it because I think a lot of people already own the game. But it's a, it's a game that I didn't own and... It is a game that came out right after the GTA 6 trailer. So what a perfect drop to make that available. Anybody who just saw the trailer who's like, ah, am I interested in GTA? Now you give them GTA 5 and they can play that through this year and whet their appetite for 6. So I just thought that was a great announcement. There was a lot of good announcements. I was really excited that Alan Wake Remastered was on there. A whole bunch of them. Uh, but GTA 5, maybe some recency bias, but I don't think so. I went through the whole list. Um, was my favorite announcement of the year. Best hardware for PlayStation this year. Got to give that one to PSVR 2. Not something I own, but it's basically, it's a new console. Uh, graphically intensive. Um, lots of good games on it. I know that there's people that want to see the library get better, but that's usually what happens when hardware is fairly new. Um, but there's definitely some cool games on there. Resident Evil 4 is on there. Synapse. There's definitely a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Horizon is on there. It's hardware I'd like to get at some point. I, I was going to ask for it for Christmas, and you know what? I said no, but now that we're four days away from Christmas, I'm kind of wishing I did ask for it. Uh, most surprising news of the year. This is a close one, but I'm going to go with the announcement and release of the PlayStation Portal. I don't think anybody really predicted that PlayStation would put out hardware that would just play games from your PS5 like it was a little cloud. Uh, the last few years, we kept hearing about rumors and announcements about Xbox having like little hardware, right? 
They ended up putting that technology into Samsung TVs, but there has been, they had talks about like some hardware that was being called the Puck, you know, and it was basically like an Apple TV looking thing that you just hook up HDMI to your TV and then you can do cloud gaming on it. There was a few of these. In fact, there were some portables that came out as well. I didn't expect that from PlayStation and the portal is a great little device because you can play your PlayStation right on it and it turns your PS5 into a cloud. And one of the things that I said when they announced it, first of all, I told people that comparing it to the Wii U was stupid and I was right because you can play the portal from Wi-Fi anywhere, not just your home. So try that on a Wii U. But one of the things I said was, I have a feeling this thing is going to do more in the future than Sony is letting on right now. And that became true because Sony had really, really talked about how you play it on your home Wi-Fi, but it works with Wi-Fi anywhere. In fact, I got into an argument with somebody a few weeks ago on threads because they kept saying, no, it doesn't work on any Wi-Fi. It only works on your home Wi-Fi. And I'm like, dude, I have it. I've played it on my friend's Wi-Fi. But besides that, there is more and more and more rumors and rumblings that we're gonna get the PlayStation Cloud Gaming, which is gonna be a bigger service that's probably looking to be more on par with Xbox Cloud Gaming. And I can tell you guys, not even 99%, 100 percent the playstation portal is going to be part of that strategy that you will be able to play playstation cloud games right on it i said it when it came out i said the thing is hooked up for wi-fi it's it's it it immediately has the ability to do that sort of thing i don't think playstation cloud gaming is ready to go yet i think it'll be coming out in the first half of next year and i think part of that strategy is going to be you're going to have a playstation portal and you'll not only be able to connect to your ps5 but you'll be able to connect directly to the cloud and we might even get specific subscription tiers for it um you know maybe it'll it'll be just whatever whatever it is we don't know what it is Uh, maybe with premium it becomes part of premium maybe it's part of the price hikes that we're seeing with people ps plus as they're ramping up because they are incurring costs as they build it out Um, But I think it's going to be a big new piece as part of their PS Plus strategy. And the portal is going to be right there with it. So that is, if you could remember, the most surprising news of the year. And then lastly, this is my game of the year prediction for 2024. Uh, Normally, I think these are silly and I'm doing this all in jest. None of these games are games that I have played. um, So I'm kind of just predicting And then we'll see at the end of the year if that falls in line. I'm not really saying that this game will be game of the year. I'm predicting what will, what I will think my game of the year is. And um, a couple contenders, but easily the leading contender is Lost Records Bloomin' Rage. I am so stoked for that game. I cannot wait for it. Late 2024. Um, if it's not Lost Records, Bloom and Rage, then it might end up being Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is, like I said, a game I'm not going to play probably day one, but I will play probably maybe summertime or so. And um, I have a feeling that one could end up being my my game of the year. We don't know a ton of like first party games that are coming out in 2024 that I think that I would really like, but. Um, there's definitely a lot of stuff coming out that looks interesting, but in terms of what I like, I think those are the two games that are most likely going to be my PlayStation game of the year. 
And that's a wrap on 2023. Um, before I go, I want to say I started doing this podcast. This is like, you know, four months in the works. I've had a great time doing it. It has been a challenge to come up with topics all the time. There was definitely a couple of weeks where I really was struggling to come up with anything to talk about. But you guys have you guys have come to me with suggestions. I still have one suggestion that's going to be coming up in January. Um, you guys are sending me questions. Uh, just thank you, thank you, everybody for for being there and um, listening to this. I've I've watched my numbers rise, and you know I barely advertise this show. I mean the social media is just Threads, which is not a huge you know social media platform right now. Although I think it should be. I think it's time to get away from Twitter. But um, yeah, in 2024, we're going to be coming back. There's going to be a few little changes to the show, but it's mostly going to be the same format. Um, you'll see when we come back all the little changes that we do. I'm going to try to market it a little bit more and put my name out there. And certainly if you're listening to the show and enjoy it, you know, share it somewhere. Let people know. And another great thing you can do is leave a review for me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Those really help a lot. It helps to um, promote the show. And, you know, we're up there in the search results with all the big boys. So it's <laughs> um, it's it's kind of funny. We, we've, we've been right up there with all the shows that I listen to um, that revolve around PlayStation. So thank you. 2023 has been our, a great birth year. Uh, 2024 is the year I hope that we can really kind of increase the uh, the listener base and and... You know, try to find some more ideas and try to like tune the show and get this get this show into the prime into the prime of its life. But I've really enjoyed doing it, and thank you for listening. PlayStation Daily is your daily podcast for everything Sony PlayStation. You can send me topic ideas you'd like me to talk about, feedback for the show, or just say hello on little old threads at PS Daily Pod, or send me an email to PlayStationDailyPod at gmail.com. That's it for 2023. Hope you've enjoyed. A year's worth of pods. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to all the holidays you celebrate. Love you guys. And until next time. PlayStation.